good evening and welcome to the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. On the show this week, we'll be having a look back at the Coral Eclipse. We've got all our usual guests, as you can imagine. And we have a chat with Daryl Jacobs about his career. Add to that Colin Brown and Dave Wilson and all their tips for the weekend and you've got the ideal mix. Welcome to this week's racing show, and I bet you can't guess how we're going to start the show this week. You've got it, with all the racing news. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News. Here we have all the news that is the news from the racing media. That includes Racing TV, the Racing Post, and the Sporting Life. And to kick us off this week, here's our first story. Darley July Cup anti-post favourite Perfect Power is not guaranteed to run at Newmarket on Saturday, as connections are also weighing up the following day's pre-Jean Pratt for the impressive Commonwealth Cup winner. The Richard Fahey train colt, who came from off the pace with a searing run to power home at Royal Ascot under Christophe Soumillon, heads the market at 2-1 to one for the July Cup, but has the option of stepping up a furlong in the seven furlong Jean Prat at Deauville. Perfect power on Monday featured among the 16 entries to go forward for the July Cup, a race in which Fahey gained his first domestic Group 1 with Maison in 2012. A decision on where Perfect Power runs at the weekend will depend on ground conditions and will be left up to the trainer. According to owner Sheikh Rashid Dalmuk Al Maktoum's racing manager Bruce Raymond, We don't know where he's going and we'll wait until the last minute, he said on Monday. We would prefer to go to Newmarket as the July Cup is a bit more prestigious. But there's the alternative of the Prix-Jean Pratt on Sunday. He's working tomorrow, and we're leaving it all to Richard as he gets it right. It depends on the rain and how much water they're going to put on at Newmarket. He really wants easier ground, which he'll probably get in Deauville. Should Perfect Power head to Newmarket, he is set to renew rivalry with Commonwealth Cup runner-up Flaming Rib after the Colt, who is part-owned by Michael Owen and trained by Hugo Palmer, was supplemented on Monday at a cost of £36,000. Soumillon, fresh from winning Saturday's Coral Eclipse on Van Denny, has struck up a great rapport with Perfect Power since taking over the ride from Paul Hannigan, winning four of their five races together, including three at Group 1 level. The Belgian ace will be among those waiting on tender hooks for the decision, as he is likely to be required elsewhere on Sunday, with the Arga Khan's Rosgar entered for the Jean Pratt. Christophe can ride him at Newmarket, but not at Deauville, as I think he's committed there, added Raymond. We'd have to make other arrangements, and I don't think there would be a problem getting a jockey for him. We'd prefer to have Christophe, of course. 
Perfect Power started the season with victory in the Greenham Stakes over seven furlongs before finishing halfway down the field when stepped up to a mile in the Kipco 2000 Guineas. He bounced back to his best at Ascot and has impressed with the way he has taken his Commonwealth Cup exertions. He came out of Ascot much better than the Guineas, which took a lot out of him, added Raymond. I suppose it's going that extra two furlongs with a horse that doesn't stay. He's recovered a lot quicker after Ascot, which is good news. Perfect Power is joined in the list of potential July Cup runners by Charlie Appleby's Platinum Jubilee first and second, Naval Crown and Creative Force. Australian sprinter Artorius, who was third in the Platinum Jubilee, also stands his ground alongside Japanese contender King Hermes. Commonwealth Cup fourth Cadamosto is the sole contender for trainer Aidan O'Brien, who saddled back-to-back July Cup winners with US Navy in 2018 and 10 sovereigns in 2019. Alcohol Free and Happy Romance also remain engaged, although fellow Philly Highfield Princess was a notable absentee. Leading contenders Montasib and Samburu were among the 38 horses to go forward for the same cards Bet365 Bunbury Cup. In Saturday's John Smith's Cup at York, Antipo's favourite royal champion was missing from the 28 contenders at the five-day stage. In his absence, Shadwell-owned pair Maharajan and Anmat head the betting along with Rogue Bear. And now, here on the Racing News, let's have a look and see what's on this week. Friday. Most eyes will probably again be on Newmarket, where the Tattersall's Falmouth Stakes at 3.15 takes place on the second day of the July meeting. In Spiral, who dazzled in the Coronation Stakes at Royal Ascot, looks the one to beat in the Group 1 contest, while York's William Hill Summer Stakes at 2.40 can be a good slot for black-type hunters a little further down the pecking order. There is also action on Friday from Ascot, Chester, Chepstow, Kilbegan and York. And moving on to Saturday, known as Super Saturday, this day does not always please all. But with plenty going on, it allows many jockeys the opportunity for a headline ride they might otherwise miss out on. The day's highlight is Newmarket's Dali July Cup at 4.25, arguably the world's most prestigious sprint, while York is responsible for the historic John Smith's Cup at 5 past 4. Ascot hosts the Group 2 Summer Mile Stakes at 3.35 and there is afternoon racing at Chester followed by evening fixtures at Salisbury and Hamilton. Further afield, Aidan O'Brien and Charlie Appleby are set to be involved in the Belmont Derby Card in New York where a certain Frankie de Tory could add spice to the mix. And on Sunday... Flat fans may have had their fill after Super Saturday, but jump racing in Britain returns after a four-day break. Perth and Stratford provide the setting, while Sligo races in Ireland. There is also action at Fairy House, which hosts the Irish Stallion Farms EBF Brownstown Stakes, which might be the best known as a domestic group race the all-conquering O'Brien has never won. And next, here on the Racing News... 
Sandown has blamed the cost of living crisis and the challenges of attracting spectators in a post-COVID world after Coral Eclipse Day attracted its lowest crowd outside COVID restrictions this century. Saturday's attendance of 9,500 was more than 4,000 down on the last eclipse day before the pandemic, when 13,741 attended three years ago, a drop of nearly 31%. Spectators returned to the Isha Tracks flagship flat day without COVID-19 restrictions for the first time since 2019, with last year's crowd capped while the race was run behind closed doors in 2020. The Sandown figure is the latest indicator of racing's failing attendances, which dropped by over a third at British racecourses in May, according to BHA figures dating back to 1995. It was in the region of 9,500 spectators, a Sandown spokesman said. Hopefully they all enjoyed a fantastic day and the feedback we've had from some of them so far has been really positive. The day drew 11,902 in 2018, 13,210 in 2017 and 13,280 in 2016. The highest attendance for the clips this century was in 2011 when 18,079 watched So You Thinks win. The spokesman added, We do recognise, like those working in sports and the entertainment industry, that we're operating in a post-Covid world. We also recognise there is a cost-of-living crisis and that people have been booking holidays with more certainty too for the first time since 2019. But we'll continue to promote the sport and experience that we can offer. The Racing Post also revealed on Tuesday that British attendances at tracks in May averaged below 3,000 for the first time, according to BHA figures, since 1995, with the average attendances slumping to 2,951, compared to 4,179 for the same month in 2019. The dwindling attendances on racecourses, which have also been hit by low field sizes, was put down to the cost-of-living crisis by Racecourse Association Chief Executive David Armstrong on Wednesday. This has been the Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden, and join us again next time for more racing news. Well, that was Mike Padden with all the racing news from the various racing media outlets. And now, let's have a look and see where we can go racing this weekend. Right, well, there are seven races on the flat at Newmarket on the July course with a 1.30 start. Seven races on the flat at York with a 1.45 start. Seven races on the flat at Ascot with a 1.50 start. Seven races on the flat at Chester. 158 start. Seven races on the flat at Salisbury. 545 start. And six races on the flat at Hamilton with a six o'clock start. And Sunday? There are seven races over the jumps at Sligo in Ireland with a 135 start. Seven races on the jumps at Perth. 145 start. Seven races over the flat at Fairy House with a 155 start. Seven races over the jumps at Stratford with a 2.01 start. And you can also pop over to Hong Kong or Deauville in France.
Now every week we have an extract from one of my In Conversation programmes from Three Valleys Radio and this week we're going to be talking to Daryl Jacob about his early days as a rider. Uh, so I'd spent, um, when I was with the Boston Sally Ulner, then after that then um, I got a, a stable jockey's role with um, Nick Williams and I had that job for about three years and then um, Paul Nichols then approached me then when I was riding... Uh, you know, some wonderful horses for, for Nick Nick Williams in Rev de Cibola, Diamond Harry, Cornas, uh, James de Burley wrote some wonderful winners for, for Nick Williams down there. And then Paul Nichols uh, approached me and, and asked me would have been interested in being second role to, to Ruby. Hmm. Which I should think you grabbed with both hands, didn't you? Yeah, look, it was an opportunity. I rode out for Paul a lot, even when I was stable jockey to Nick Williams, I rode out for Paul an awful lot. And, I got some nice spare rides for, for Paul at the time. And and like you say, it was just another step up in my career. He was champion trainer. He's, you know, he's ruthless. He wants winners. He wants success. And, and I thought if, if I wanted to be the best I could be, I thought it was an opportunity that I couldn't I couldn't turn down. So so what year would that have been then that you were at Paul Nichols? Uh, 2000, probably about 2000. Uh, 10, 10, 10 11, right. 2, 2011. Yeah. Now I'm just trying to tie in with my notes here that because um, you you won a, you won at Cheltenham on uh, for the first time on a horse called Zakanda. Was that for Paul Nichols? Yeah, that was for Paul Nichols. Yeah. In the Triumph Hurdle. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that was Zakanda. Did you feel that was the sort of that was the race that really put you on the map as far as the professional was concerned? Um, look at every jockey's dream is whenever they, they would they be a jockey they want to be involved in, in the, at the Cheltenham Festival and uh, you know they you know they want winners there so look it was it was my first Cheltenham Festival winner it was it was a big day it was a magic moment and something that I'll never forget and uh, yeah look I, I suppose it's another step in stone in the right direction was it was it would you consider it an easy victory I mean I don't know what the distances were but I mean were you well in front or was it a tight one no. There's there's no easy there's no easy victories at the Cheltenham Festival. I can assure you that they're right. all they're all very very difficult races to win in their own right. They're very very competitive and yeah, there's there's the horses might win they might win easy, but they're very very um they're very hard tough races to win. You need a lot of things to go in in in, in favour for you. And obviously that's the amount of work you put in during the races to how much the distance is at the end, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, look at it just worked out. Everything worked out great. For Zakanda that day, he won the, you know, it was only his second run over hurdles. He won the Donus um, in February around Kempton, and so look, he was a, he was a nice horse in the flat, and he, he translated that form to to over hurdles, and he was a very successful hurdler. And according to Wikipedia, your second festival winner was on La Lac Fortana uh, in two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, Lac Fortana. So that was the year that I was stable jockey to to Paul Nichols um, that year and uh, yeah so um, yeah like Fontana yeah good good win again yeah again he's look at he had you know he had a nice enough profile going into the race he was a, he was a good novice he got in there on, on a nice handicap mark and uh, you know we were lucky we were in the right place at the right time the whole way around the race a couple of horses fell in front of me but like you say the horse was you know he was good in the day he was well trained to win on the day so it was uh you know, I think he won by a half a length or something by one of Willie Mullins' horses. But yeah, he was. Uh, it was a good performance from him that day.
Time for some more music and we go back to Ed Sheeran this time again with Take Me Back to London. Jet plane headed up to the sky Spread wings and the clouds getting high We ain't a rave in a while So take me back to London Yo, I do deals but I never get twanged Moves that ain't never been planned No goons that were never in gangs Where I'm from chat shit get banged Where I'm from chat shit let a 12 gauge drip Yeah sick how it fits in my hand I don't mix with the glitz and the glam All these stupid pricks on the gram I don't do online beef or Nicky Gram beef I'm way too G'd up to beef for gram Need a couple and AP to help me time keep my shooter ride Deep he moves when I speak my shooter ride You shoot a guy, leave you wet like you scuba dive You were younger then and now we're unified South London boys get you crucified I'm gone it's that time, Big Mike and Teddy are on grime I wanna try new things, they just want me to sing Because nobody thinks I write rhymes But now I'm back in the bits with my guy Give me a packet of crisps and my pine I hit my friends up, go straight to the pub Because I haven't been home in time Yes, I, but that's my fault oh. Gross half a billy on the divide tour oh. Yes, I ain't kidding, what would I lie for? Oh. But now I'm back in the track with Big Michael Whoa. He said, Teddy, never get off your high horse And never let him take your crown I've been away for a while, travelled a million miles But I'm heading back to London town Right now Jet plane headed up to the sky. To the sky. Spread wings and the clouds getting high. We ain't had a rave in a while. So take me back to London. This high middle night, sitting low. Sweat proud, dripping down when in Rome. No town does it quite like my home. So take me back to Birmingham, all one, two, one, stand up. You better tell them the hooligans here. My team can't lose when I'm here. Outside, quick twos and a beer. You see me when I choose to appear. Just paid a few bags for my carpet. Blood, take off your shoes when you're here. Yo, I can turn booze into cheers. Shit, tonic man, cruise for the gears. Red blues when I'm here. It's prom. Family, you dumb. Red, red wine, or you want a red rum? You can be 40, you don't want to war me. End of story, you're gonna get spun. Man, small beats and my whole head's numb. Don't talk grease, cause I won't take none. VIP in my own section. Wild, wild west with the old western. It's prom. Old school raving, back to Scala. In the AP pack with Gala, take me back to Manor. Blocks out, roll full of yak and maggot. And the S3 boot full of packs of Cala. Hit the booth, man, slap. It's snapper, bap bap, that's that trap wrapped a mapper. Someone a bless him, a bad and trapper. Gets cold up north, pack your hat and track it. <laughs> Man was made to set pace, young H, I came for first place. Made a change to get paid. Fam, I stayed in my lane, it came with that flame. Day to day, we on stage. You make my cake, then I skate and catch the next plane. Baking up when I wake, it rake it up, get it saved. Let's make it all break. Let's make it all break. Human man still make a mistake. Mad now, H just made a mixtape. Told JK to make a next eight, we're about to set pace. I can't get about no more, it gets bait. And I don't get ahead no more, I get faith. She don't want him no more, she wants J. And she don't want me no more, she wants H. I JK, make a lot of P. Uh. Go straight there if you swear I gotta be. Wait, stop, pop my collar and my G. Five million minimum, what I wanna see. And anything I wanna put that to bed. Tell Mom Z that I'm on a track with Ed. Aim this one at your head. Right bars with a pen on the pad and the battery's dead. Jet plane headed up to the sky. Oh, and six. Spread one. wings and the clouds getting high. Oh, and two. One. We ain't hit a rave in a while. London set. So take me back to London. Face high, middle night, sitting low. Sweat proud, dripping down when in Rome. No town does it quite like my home. Like my home. So take me back to London. Take me back to London there with Ed Sheeran. Okay, so moving on, um, 
I've missed out one, which I shouldn't have done because it's an obvious one. Um, the 2012 Grand National, of course, you won on Neptune Collange. Tell me about that. How, how great a moment was that for you? Yeah, obviously, it was, again, it was a, it was a, a big moment in my career. It was, um, you know, like you say, whenever you dream of being a jockey, it's a, it's a race that you want to ride in, first of all, um, you know, and to be part of the history of it, just to even have a ride in the races is very, very special, um, you know, and I've been lucky enough, I've ridden it in quite a few times now, most years I've been been um, in England for the last, you know, 10, or 10, 12 years, so I've ridden in it most years, but, um, you know, like I say, to win the race, it's it's a fantastic part of history, it's something that's in black and white, and, you know, I probably haven't really, you know, allowed myself to reflect on it too much, I suppose it would probably when, whenever I'm retired at some stage, it's something that, you know, I might look back on and, and be very, very proud of myself. But, you know, the way the all these big races are, it's one day roll into the next and mm. you got to go racing the next day and you got to try and ride winners the next day. But uh, like I say, it's it's something I'm very, very proud of to, to, to have won a Grand National. It's a relentless business though, isn't it, horse racing, as you say. I mean, every day and you're, you're here, there and everywhere, all up and down the country looking for rides. It's... Uh, it's not an easy job, I shouldn't think. No, it's um, you know you got to be very tough and 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 very mentally strong, I suppose, to do it as well. Because yeah. you know there, there's a lot of travelling. There's a lot of times you're spent on your own in the car, and you know there's there's times I've been, I've driven up to Musselburgh or whatever, and it's you know mm. it's a twelve thirteen hour round trip, and you've got beaten a short a short head or a nose and yeah. you've got that journey the whole way back on your own to think about what could you have done this right or could you have done something else mm. you know to may, maybe make you think you would have won that race so yeah. Yeah. you know it can be a t- it can be a tough sport and it is a tough sport but like you say when you get to ride some wonderful horses like that I ride um, it's very very rewarding when you get the big winners and apparently this this Grand National win it was it was the closest ever finish I didn't realise that yeah it was yeah it was uh the shortest ever winning distance by any horse so and uh yeah it was uh it was a nose so um lucky enough the photo finish was it was in my favor that day did you you know you, you crossed the line somebody said now photo finish uh, how agonizing was the wait i know they're usually fairly quick but i mean uh... it felt like a long time at the time but <laughs> it might have been only 30 or 40 seconds but i felt an awful lot longer that at the time and like you said, the more it was, uh, the more it felt like it was going on. The more I was hoping and praying that it was going to be yeah. a dead heat rather than get beaten. But um, you know, look, it it just he was a tough horse on the day. He jumped great. He travelled great. He was the class horse going into the race. It's just whether he had the the legs of the, of the younger brigade really. Um, yeah. And like you say, he was he was very very tough on the day. Who was the who was the jockey on the other horse? A uh, good friend of mine, Richie McLaren. All right, yeah. So, you know, did you did you sort of feel was, or did you not know? Was it you know was it one of those where you just sort of had a feeling you got it, or or did you not know? No, we didn't. Generally, we 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 looked at each other, we spoke, and none of us knew um, it was that close. None of us knew. So yeah, but what a feeling I should imagine to have won that, and the crowd erupts, and oh, I think it must be marvelous. Yeah, it was a big. It was a big day. It was a very big day. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But then again, uh, just sort of, sort of the highs and lows. Um, not that long afterwards. You, was it before or after? I'm just oh, let's start the next race. When you won the county handicap at Cheltenham, you had a, a horrendous fall and broke your leg and your knee and your elbow. 
Yeah, we yeah exactly. Um, fortunately, it was half an hour later after winning on, on Lac Fontana, the horse just veered and went into one of the one of the cameramen on the the, the static cameras, and the cameraman ran into him on on the way down to the start. It was just one yeah. of those freak accidents, really. Yeah, yeah. How long did how, how long did that keep you out? Um, I done well. I came back. I think it was in six five and a half six months. They gave me originally at the time with the damages to my elbow and shoulder and knee and stuff there they were thinking it was it was probably going to take about 10 but you know with the great help that Oxley House um, have and the treatment that I got from them was first class and like you say I managed to get back within five and a half months I was surprised because um, Nick Schofield does a piece on, on my weekly show the racing show and he's been at uh, Oxley House with uh, a broken leg himself and uh, they 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 pretty strict aren't they they won't uh, you've got to be absolutely 100% right before they let you come back again yeah, it's 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 obviously it's all changed now, but yeah, you've got to get passed by by physios, by doctors, and uh, and everything before you come back. Now, yeah, there's a lot of procedures to do now to to get back racing. Yeah, mm. they want you back, and they want you back 100 percent before you do come back. Yeah, yeah, well, because in Nick's case, of course, he's, he's he's desperate to come back, and the weather's bucking him up now because all the races mm. being pr- um, postponed. He, he came back actually yesterday. He's a very good rider, very naturally talented jockey Nick Schofield is yeah he's a wonderful rider yeah well that was Daryl Jacob and if you want to hear the whole of the interview you could go to our podcast section on our website which is www.3valleysradio.com and you can download the podcast from there well now it's time to catch up with the uh, weekend's big race of the day and that's up at Newmarket and it's the July Cup and here's Richard Phillips to preview the race well good afternoon Richard um the July Cup, uh, 350-odd thousand pounds worth of prize money, so it's a big race. Yeah, that's to the winner, so there's plenty of place money as well, so worth 600 grand in total. Um, yeah, it's one of the great six furlong Group 1 races in the world, and it ends a wonderful meeting, the July meeting at Newmarket. Yeah, so um, having looked at the field, what do you think? Well, it's a competitive event, so hopefully uh, Perfect Power, who, of course, won at Royal Ascot, looks like a real six furlong specialist. Uh, he'll have a great chance with Richard Fari with Christoph Sumion, of course, who won the Eclipse on Saturday. Um, he's in great form, and Richard Fari's three-year-old Perfect Power looks um, a very worthy favourite in the race, basically. Uh, Flaming Rib runs as well for Hugo Palmer. Michael Owen um, is connected with this horse, a great footballer. So Flaming Rib has been running consistently well this year. So, yes, one or two in there that have got a great chance, including Naval Crown, of course, another horse that won at Royal Ascot with James Doyle aboard. So, uh, Naval Crown and Creative Force, who's just touched off at Ascot by a stable mate uh, with William Buecher aboard. So, it's going to be a great race as ever. And uh, are you going to stick your neck out and say what you think is going to win it? Well, I think Perfect Power um, is a horse that's got a hell of a lot of ability, and and I wouldn't steer too far away from that horse at this stage. Okay. Um, notice in the paper today, it sounds as though the uh, fallout between Frankie and John Gosden is on the way to being healed. Are you, are you surprised it's happened so quickly? Not really. I think what it was all about, really, was the fact that um, I think John Gosden, well, like a headmaster, wanted to get across to his pupil that uh, if he's, he's got to do his homework if he's going to pass the exams. So yeah. I think... Uh, like I said last week, I think Frankie spent a little bit too much time in Sardinia at a certain wedding when he could have been riding work, as it were. And uh, I think Jay Gosden just wanted to make the point, but, you know, Frankie Dettori is the best jockey in the world. But 
like any sportsman at the top of his game, they have to keep their match practice in. So I think it was a case of getting that point across. And Frankie looks determined to have uh, solved that one. So he's been riding all around the world. He's in Germany, America. Uh, so he's keeping his eye in. And I think that's what John Gosden wanted. So he looks as though he's going to ride for him um, on some of the great horses like Inspiral um, and hopefully Stradivarius and other great horses that he, he rides for him. Um, he rides for him, so that'd yeah. be brilliant. Uh, has he got one in the July Cup? I'm just looking now. I can't see. No, well, not yet. Anyway. No, I don't. I, no, I think uh, Frankie's due to be in America at the weekend. Oh, is he right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, one other thing. Whilst you're on um, the Eclipse, um, great race again. Um, the French really sort of worked it over us at, uh, this time, didn't they? Well, uh, they haven't won it for about 62 years, so they deserve to have a win eventually again. Uh, but he's a very good uh, three-year-old colt. And, uh, again, Christophe Sumi on the great Belgian. He got the horse home. He sat at the back of the field and came in a great delivery. Um, it was a great race. It was a very tight finish. And Mishriff was slightly unlucky. But he looks like a, a mile-and-a-half horse, Mishriff. He goes for King George, hopefully. Um, he's run, been runner-up in that great group one at Ascot before. And he's been tipped in time uh, by Pricewise in the racing post this week as the horse that looks the best price. I think it's a six-to-one shot for the King George. So Mishriff... It was a real eye-catching performance. He just didn't get there quite in time. But Fadani, a very, uh, a very good Group One winning three-year-old, who not many horses go on and win the Eclipse after having won a French Derby. Um, certainly when they've been trained uh, in France. So uh, it was unusual, but it's a worthy winner, and they look like a very good crop that three-year-old lot. Well, not wishing to sort of sound sound off my own trumpet, but I think it was me that did say to you that uh, I thought Mishriff had a good chance. Yeah, I think Mishriff basically he spent spent a bit of time um, running in Saudi Arabia and other things in uh, in the winter, which is hardly the best preparation. Mm. So, um, but he he'd been off for a while, but he seems to be back to his best there. Yeah, uh, in the Eclipse, and of course he won the international. He's a very good horse, and he won mm. the international last year very impressively at the August York meeting. So he's a horse of enormous talent. But he, he'd been off for a while, and he'd been. Um, He's probably a little bit ring rusty, according to his rider, David Egan. So yeah. uh, he looks as though that race would have put him spot on for the King George later in the month. Well, I'd better get on at 6-1 to one then, hadn't I? Stick with him. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> yeah, all listeners should uh, think about a little investment now, I think. Yeah. And, of course, it was also good to see the Aga Khan's colours, those, you know, those uh, famous green and red epaulets. It, uh, you know, we haven't seen them around for very much uh, lately, have we? And it's, it was good to see it happening again. Absolutely. I mean, Aga Khan has been, you know, those colours have been having Group 1 winners in all over Europe and the world for the last 50 years. Mm. Uh, and they've got a great breeding operation. They don't have as many as they used to, and most of them are trained in France these days, so we don't see them too many times in this country. Uh, but uh, obviously when they've got one good enough to come over, and it was, it was a great victory in those colours. And, uh, yeah, it brought back the memories of all the great horses the Aga Khan has bred and raced. Yeah, absolutely. OK, then, Richard, well, look, thank you very much for updating us on that lot. And um, let's hope that uh, uh, Miss Schiff looks a good bet for the King George, as you say. And uh, what was it you said? Perfect power for the... Um, uh, Perfect for the... power in, in what looks a very competitive July Cup. But uh, we're so lucky to have such great flat racing, the, the world's best. Uh, yeah. And this summer we've got some fantastic flat racing. And uh, the July meeting is always a cracker. And, of course, the King George, where, again, like the Eclipse, the three-year-olds take on the older horses... Um, it's really is the, is the best racing in the world, and we're so lucky to be able to see it. Just one other point before we go. Um, I noticed uh, um, Aidan O'Brien's got two in there with that jockeys at the moment, so we don't know for sure whether they're going to run or not. But um, 
Do you feel that his horses have been a little bit off colour? Generally, I mean, you know, you always think, I oh, don't buy an old world, and that's going to have a hell of a chance of winning the race, but they don't seem to have been quite so dominant this year. Well, I think the fact that it's very difficult to have horses uh, good enough to win group ones every year, and uh, all these things run in waves, as we know with all sport, whether you're a football team or a tennis player or a golfer, mm. you can't stay at the top all the time because you really do need, especially in the horse racing world, you need to have the best horses to win the best races. Yeah. And although they've got an incredible breeding operation, there is stiff opposition uh, throughout the world for these group one races from Coolmore and, and, you know, from other Arab countries as well. So there is an incredible competition for, to win the big races. But, um, yeah, so Aidan O'Brien obviously is an incredible record. Uh, of course, he won the English Oaks uh, with Tuesday. So, you know, they're still winning Group 1 races, classics at the, at the top level. But uh, it, it, it's one of those years where it's so competitive, it, it's hard to win them all. So um, mm. I'm sure that... Um, and there's lots of good horses for coming from Coolmore to win Group 1s again this year. But um, the Classics, they're very competitive and uh, they haven't managed to back too many this year. But uh, as I say, it's very competitive. I expect you to come back and haunt me with the remarks I've made anyway. So uh, <laughs> life being yeah, what it is. Absolutely. You can't, you can't write off the great man, Aidan uh, O'Brien. He's bound to come up with the goods. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. OK, then, Richard, thank you very much for joining us again. And we'll speak to you next week. No problem. Thank you, Adrian. Wonderful. Cheers. Thanks, Richard. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Adrian. Speak Thanks, soon. Richard. Well, that was Richard Phillips looking at the July Cup on Saturday up at Newmarket. And uh, for those of you who are going, I think you're going to have a great race to watch. Well, now it's time for our usual ring round, and we're going to start off with Nick Schofield. Good afternoon, Nick. It's nice to catch hold of you again. Um, I'm going to ask you something slightly different this week, because uh, I, I notice you haven't got many rides lined up for the next three or four days anyway. Um, so, so what exactly does a jockey do when he's not book to do some rides i mean are you having a well-earned break or are you riding out regularly i mean does your fitness suffer if you don't you know keep up the regime uh, i know there's a jump racing calendar break there's no race until sunday so um, that's why um yeah there's there's nothing different really just ride out every morning go to the gym same as you do when you're not racing so um no different um there's a break now and there's a break in august so um yeah no different really yeah, and you, you, you ride out every morning, do you? do you? I mean, do you have to travel far yeah. to do your riding out? Uh, not really. It can vary day in, day out, depending on where. Um, I was Lambourne Monday, Wales Tuesday, Newmarket Wednesday. Yeah, so it varies, but um, yeah, it's just depending on um, who's busy and who's not really. Yeah, so you're still having to put in a few miles then, basically, by the sound of it. Uh, not too bad, yeah. Um, yeah it's just, you're not doing much, like don't have to obviously go racing so it's a lot easier than it would be normal yeah but presumably this uh hiking petrol prices is not doing your balance of payments any good is it no quite right uh, but it's the same for everybody i guess yeah yeah well it looks as though you know government wise looks like you could have some changes soon but uh but i mean it must be difficult when you rely on your car and you've got to do you know a lot of miles to have to pay that sort of price of petrol all the time is a is a real pay to the neck isn't it yeah, but I guess if you're not driving, you're not earning either. So there's two ways of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And have you got any any decent rides lined up for next week? Um, we'd have a few Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, probably. Yeah. Um, to do with a drop of rain, but yeah, no, probably be busy enough. Yeah. And of course, you say you could do with a drop of rain, but the the rain, I don't think it's going to come for a while. It's supposed to be getting hotter, isn't it? Now, I think. Yeah, I suppose we are in July. It's to be expected. Um, 
yeah, so um, we'll just see what cards we're dealt and we'll go from there, really. Yeah, yeah, good. OK, then, Nick. Well, it's nice to talk to you again, but I thought it would be just yep. a, an interesting aspect to find out exactly what a jockey does do when yep. he's not riding regular race, <laughs> race riding sort of thing. So uh, no. it keeps our, our listeners informed and that's what we try to do. Yeah. So we'll catch Brilliant. up with you next week, all being well, then. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, yeah. Well done, Nick. Speak to you soon, mate. Thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks, Brady. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was Nick Schofield, and now we're going to pop up to Lambourne and catch up with Jamie Snowden. Well, good evening, Jamie. Good of you to join us again. Um, looking at the Racing Post um, website, there seems to be an awful lot of uh, entries you've got lined up over the weekend. Well, Sunday, Monday, basically. Um, yeah, they... so there's, there's not a huge amount of racing on at the, at the moment. Um, so yeah, we, we, when when there is a bit of racing on, we've stuck a few entries in. A lot yeah. of them are double entered. Um, so Valamix, Donny Azov, Unfortunate Fred are double entered. So um, they'll obviously only, only run the once. Yeah. Um, Chapman's Chapman's Hype and Bucko's Boy. So uh, actually, uh, a, a few entries, but probably not many horses running. Right. But of the ones that you're reasonably confident uh, of running, which ones have got the best chance? Um, so. Uh, Bucko's boy will run in a good race at Stratford on on Sunday. I think he's he's a couple of pounds out of the handicap, which isn't ideal. But I think he's better. He's a better horse carrying less weight in a better race. So yeah. um, he 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 would go, and he's been knocking on the door. So he he should he should run well. Donny yeah. Azov, he's been off the track for a long time, so he's coming back. But he's he's going well at home. Um, he had some good form before. So if he can hit the ground running um, on the back of a long time off, then he he should go okay. Unfortunate Fred's, um, again, he's been knocking on the door as well. So if we can find the right race for him, hopefully he can go and get his head in front as well. Tell me something. I mean, the country's in a bit of a mess at the moment from the point of view of, of inflation and everything else. Um, this petrol price thing must be co costing you an awful lot of money, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it certainly has done. Um, it certainly has done. But... Um, it's not ideal. Um, none of it is ideal, but um, we've just got a, nothing, nothing we can do about it. And, and I was always taught to, to worry about the things that we can do something about. Yeah, no, well, that makes good sense, really, doesn't it? But uh, but obviously, if Boris gets booted out, which seems likely at the moment, um, maybe maybe somebody else can do something about it and put a bit more confidence back behind the whole sort of financial system, as it were. Yeah, I think it probably takes more than just one person at the head of the ship, doesn't it? But um, yeah. I, yeah, it's um, it's it's all uh, all a bit chaotic. Thankfully, thankfully, I don't have to worry too much about that. We just put our vote in once once a, once every few years and leave it up to the rest of them to sort it out. Yeah, looking at um, at, at Chepstow in October, which is usually the sort of the start of the national hunt proper. Um, You've obviously got a lot of horses in the stable. Is there any one horse that really stands out that could be the sort of thing that could win you a really, really big sort of, you know, a King George or something like that? Well, do you know what, Aidy? We've um, we on the back of what was obviously a, a wonderful, wonderful season last year. We've 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 really tried this summer to 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 reinvest into some decent winter horses. Mm. Um, We've certainly got less in through the summer than we have done previously, but we'll certainly have more in through the winter. And um, I'd like to hope that we've got some really exciting horses um, to, to, to go to war with, really, this winter. Um, yeah. I suppose a couple of names that, that 
you can sort of put in your tracker perhaps early early doors um one is a, a, a horse called Garlaw, who won a grade two for us um, over fences, a novice chase at, uh, at Wincanton um, two years ago now. Picked up an injury, missed last season. He's back in. Um, he's bigger and stronger than he probably ever has been. In, and in many ways, perhaps a, a year out through injury, hasn't done his, his body too much harm. And hopefully he's bigger and stronger as a result of it. So yeah. He could he could be a horse. We we perhaps look at something like the Paddy Power Gold Cup with him at Cheltenham in the autumn. Mm-hmm. Um, plenty of Paddy Power winners, you know, do go on to bigger and better things afterwards as well. So yeah, um, yeah. the dream is certainly alive with with him. Um, of the sort of more renowned horses, Kiltilly Briggs, I think will go for for the Grand Seven this year. Soldier of Destiny might go go for the Old Roan Chase up at Aintree. Um, and then we've got some some newcomers that that that, that we bought that um, could be very exciting. The likes of sort of Passing Well and and Colonel Harry and Bill Jack and Regard and, and what have you. So, yeah, yeah. Um, listen, it's it's early season, but um, the, the horses are starting to come back in from the field, and you know that's where you where you look at them and start to get excited. Because you know, I was thinking you've been on this show now for at least two years. It might even be longer than that. I can't remember when you started there, but. Um, I've just got this funny feeling that this year, you know, we're going to be interviewing Jamie Snowden after he's won a really big race, and you know, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, and I'm sure you are. So uh, yeah, that would be very nice. Yeah, no, absolutely. So all I can say is best of luck, Jamie. I hope everything goes well, and um, That's very kind of I'll you. speak to you next weekend. Well, next. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah. Okay. Lovely job. Thanks, Jamie. Great, great stuff. Thanks, Cheers, Jamie. Take care. All Bye. Nice. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Well, that was Jamie Snowden. And now we're going to catch up with Rod Melman, who uh, is based at Clumpton, as you all know, but he's on his way up to Newbury. So here's Rod. Well, good afternoon, Rod. Nice to talk to you again. Um, why is it that the truth always gets in the way of a great story? Um, I was looking at your figures, and up until yesterday, the figures for the last seven days were phenomenal. We've had a lot of fancy horses running lately, and they've been running well, you know? Well, absolutely, but I mean, I think there was... I think I worked it out. There were seven that were either first or second in a row. Well, one of my owners was going through it the other day, and he said, our last 100 runners, we've had uh, 70 in the first three. Well, that's, that is great, isn't it? That, you know, that you know. Really, really shows what, that you're doing your job really, really well. You know, you must be you must be pleased with that. Those, you know, I mean, and, and yeah, no, it's going, it's going ever so well. They are very well, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So Newbury, Newbury. You know, one one tonight at Newbury. Yeah. And tomorrow we've got uh, one at Newmarket and four at Sol- uh, Chepstow. Right. And we've got Chester Saturday and Salisbury Saturday. So and let's let's talk on. about the, the the Saturday ones and and. Uh, so I've the, only got one that's any. I've only got one that's any good Saturday. That's um, uh, crazy luck. Yeah, yeah. Good chance. And well, she's been drawn one. She's been she'd be in the first. She'd be in the first three in the betting anyway. Yeah, yeah. And so, Madam Pickle, you're not quite so confident about. No, she's a young horse, just getting getting going. You know. Yeah. And then, what about Monday? You got a uh, one, two, three that I can see at fast loss. Four. Oh, one at yeah, Windsor. Yeah. Uh, well, Ignac Lemay, he's he's up in his first handicap. He's got a nice horse being gelded in between. Yeah. Should go okay. Um what else have we got then? We got um Soy Doy will probably go somewhere else, I expect. Yeah. Um, unless the race cuts up. Uh, on the border she ran yesterday. She she'd only run if it cuts up. Right. <laughs> um Pride um, of Horror. 
By the horror, if it rains, it only run if it rains. Right, okay. Uh, what else we got? Singing the blues. Then we've got Amazon, got Amazon Dream. We're singing the blues. He'd have a great chance at Wolverhampton. Yeah, yeah. And, Good chance there. And Amazon, Amazon Dream, Dream. He'd have a chance. Yeah, Amazon Dream would have a chance. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, it sounds as though I mean, it's going absolutely like a well-oiled machine, which is great for me. Yeah, no, it is going well. It's going very well at the moment. Yeah. Well, I hope it continues, mate. I hope it continues. Right, that's it. That's it. <laughs> what, you're on your way to the races now, are you? Uh, yes, I'm on the way to, to uh, Newbury. Yeah, OK. Well, best of luck tonight, anyway. And uh, as okay. usual, thanks for talking to us, Rod, and we'll talk to you next week, OK? Pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, Rod. Bye-bye. Well, that was Rod Melman, and now we're going to pop up to Melbourne Port and catch up with Joe Tizard. Right, well, I'm pleased to be joined by Joe Tizard. Joe, how's it going? Yeah, good, thank you, Eddie. Yeah, very good. Good. Well, you, you seem to be sort of, not sort of flooding the market with runners, but, but what, what you do seem to put out seems to be uh, performing pretty well. Yeah, I've had an incredible start to the season, to be honest, and, you know, they've backed it up. Um, we don't tend to have masses of summer runners, but... Um, but they've been in real good good shape. The few that we do run that want this good ground, and um, I couldn't wish for a better start. To be honest, they've um, they've been operating well. And uh, you've also been floating across to Ireland and going to the sales. You've been telling me. So, uh, have you bought anything nice? I hope so. Um, <laughs> you know, we've we've managed to buy um, time will tell on that, but we've managed to buy. Um, a dozen horses across the sales. Um, you know, the market's still very strong. But um, we managed to get involved in, in the horse that we got back that we've just broken in and uh, they're up the gallops now already. Um, they look beautiful, so it's a time will tell. But we're happy with what we bought. Um, managed to sell a few of them. There's always a couple for sale, but um, we, we, we're, we're pleased with them. Good, good. And uh, looking, you know, we're looking forward to sort of Chepstow in October when it kind of all gets really going. Have you got any, say, two horses you could pick out from your string now and say, we've really got high hopes for these two? Uh, well, there's horses, that, you know, we're just about to get them back in at the beginning of the next week. But we've um, we had a lovely bunch of novices last year. It's the most bump horses as well that I'm excited about. I mean, a standout horse would be, I think, JP, I want to jump up the fence and he should be should be very exciting and um i'm looking forward to warlord stepping out of, out of the novice series so um you know it's the horses change so much in the next two two or three months um, yeah yeah i love getting surprised by young horses you know they they've had their summer off they come back in there they're physically much stronger and um i i love this time of year where where you know, once we start cantering in August in schooling in September, where they you just suddenly go, cool, he, he surprised me. I was a bit disappointed perhaps with them a year before, but they suddenly grow into themselves and become that much stronger. And I can't wait to wait to run them. So it's a, it's a time of year where you where you live off the back of dreams. And um, I'm sure they disappoint me as well. But um, at the moment, you know, it's, it's, it's our easiest time of year. And... Um, you know, it's nice to get them all back in, nice to have all the staff back and um, look forward to, to getting going in mid-October. And uh, the weather forecast seems to be some some pretty hot weather coming up, so they tell us, although one never knows in this country. But assuming that it does, is it going to cause any problems with the going getting so hard? Well, it'll, it affects the summer jumpers, but we've had an incredible start to the summer season and... Um, 
you know, in, in racing, the, the, it becomes quieter over the next July, August, September is the quietest three months. So, um, so it'll affect the summer jumpers to a degree, but they're in because they like this dry ground. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and then the winter horses, you know, the plan is to support Chepstow as much as we can. But if the rain hasn't come, then we'll, we'll just, we'll just hold our nerve and, and wait until, yeah, wait until it does. Good. Okay, Joe. Well, it was just a question of catching up with you to find out how things are going, and uh, you know, if we do this every three or four weeks, then we can uh, we can keep abreast of your situation, as it were. Perfect. Well, lady. Okay, mate. Well, thanks very much for that, and I'll speak to you soon. Good man. Be good. Bye bye. Thank you. Cheers, Joe. Bye bye. Well, that was Joe Tizard up at Melbourne Port, and now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Well, good evening, Dave. How are you? Nice sunny evening. Yeah, lovely. Uh, looking forward to this uh, little heat wave that's coming through. Uh, I enjoy a bit of the sunshine, and obviously we're going to get some uh, consistent going with uh, a solid surface underfoot. So uh, not time to be looking at the jumpers and uh, horses that like the soft um, for the next week or two, but <coughs> we shall see how we get on. Indeed. Uh, got a cracking week's racing over the weekend. There's uh, class one races all over the show, and you got the John Smith's Cup on and the Bunbury Cup on and the July, uh, the Daily July Cups on as well. So we're going to head on over to Newmarket for our first three selections there in the three Class 1 races. And the first one we're going to look at is 3.15 at Newmarket. OK. We like the chances here of a horse called Isaac Shelby. I don't think he's uh, related to them Peaky Blinders, but he's a Shelby. But we shall have to wait and see. But... Sean Levy takes a ride for Brian Meehan. He's had one run, one win, and he was very impressive, and he won it very easily that time as well. Now, his, his form compares very favourably with uh, Victory Dance, who was all out to win his race. So if you, if you take into consideration one of them's won his race very easily and not asked a question, and the other one won in a photo finish, asked every question possible... I think Isaac Shelby's probably got a lot more to offer than uh, Victory Dance has. Now, he's going to be priced up around about 4-1 to one with Bet365, so it's a nice each-way option with two places on offer a quarter of the odds. So uh, we're going to have an each-way bet on Isaac Shelby. OK, fine. Moving down to the 350, the Bunbury Cup. A uh, horse that we backed, uh, Royal Ascot, who I thought was very unlucky, a horse called Vafortino. And it's that famous saying that we've got the jockey and the, the trainer, Bernard de la Sayette, and Kevin Philippart de Foy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big that, that, that combination again. Now, uh, as I say, we backed this fella at Royal Ascot in the Buckingham Palace Stakes, and he didn't get a clear run about two furlongs out when he needed to get through a gap, and he got hampered. And just as he entered the final furlong, another horse clouted him as well. And... Uh, I think he was very unlucky not to be very close to winning at Royal Ascot, so I think he's going to be very well supported in this race because obviously the stable are going to have seen exactly what I've seen. He's priced up at the moment 10 to 1, and they're paying five places on the race, a fifth of the odds. So uh, here's our weekend's each-way banker bet, and that's Vafortino in the new market 350. Radio, thank you. Last one we've got at Newmarket is 425, and this is a Darley July Cup. Uh, Perfect Power, going to be ridden by Christoph Sunemont and trained by Richard Fahey. Now, this horse really 
took my eye when he won at Royal Ascot. And he's he's got course and distance for me. He won the Judmont middle part over course and distance. And he gets a six-pound weight for age allowance in this race. And if you consider the six furlong races, which was run by uh, Naval Crown and Perfect Power, both at Ascot over the same trip, it was 0.08 of a second between the two of them. And uh, there's a little bit of weight difference this time in favour of Perfect Power. And I think... On, on the clock, he's just ahead to win it, and he won his race a lot more comfortably than uh, Naval Crown did. So he's priced up at around about 5-2, to two, and I think he's going to be very well supported. So uh, it may be worth getting on him early in that one. So it's perfect power in the new market, 4.25. Lovely job. OK, so we're now going to York, yeah? I'm going to go over to York. Got three class one, well, two class ones and a big handicap there, which we're going to have a look at. Okay. First one at York that we're going to look at is the two twenty. Now, this is only the two forty. Hang on, maybe I've got. Hang on, no, maybe I've got the wrong day. Hang on, this computer never does what it's supposed to do. Saturday, that's better. Sorry about that. Right, we're two twenty. Yes, got it. Right, go for it. Yeah, so the first one we're going to look at at York is a 2.20 race. It's only a free-runner affair, but it's going to be a very, very nice race to watch. We're siding up with Thunderous. Uh, Franny Norton takes a ride for Mark Johnson. Now, this is my best bet of the weekend. Now, he stepped up to 16 furlongs last time, about two miles, and I didn't think he, he'd quite see the trip out. And previous to that, he was only a length behind Stradivarius at York, now, lines of form through his two-mile run puts him well ahead of John Leeper, who he was four and three-quarter lengths ahead of in that race. And John Leeper was a length and three-quarters behind without a fight, who's the third one of the three runners. So uh, there's a three-pound weight swing for without a fight, which puts the three of it, well, puts Thunderous and without a fight very close together. But dropping back from two miles to 14 furlongs, I think Thunderous is going to have a tremendous chance because I didn't think he'd see the two miles out. And that's what that calculation is based on. So he's priced up at the moment 15 to 8 with William Hills. And I suggest getting on that pretty early because if there's any, any two to one on offer, I've got a feeling he's going to get smashed off the balls, not only by myself, but by quite a few people. So uh, we've just got itchy fingers waiting on that one at the moment. Alrighty, Al, fair enough. Moving down to the 405 for uh, John Smith's Cup. Uh, horse I like here is La Trinidad. Going to be ridden by Stephen Davis and trained by Roger Fell. Now, he won at this meeting last year off of a handicap mark £3 lower as he won a, a, a minor John Smith's handicap race on the card. Now, he's only £3 up and he's had three prep runs this year. They've all been over a mile and he's been stepped up to the one mile two for this now but his last run was at Epsom and he didn't get a clear run when he needed it and he he lost two or three lengths in running in, in my opinion and I would expect that being back at York he'd be fully wound up for a tilt at winning this he's, as I say he's stepping up from 8 furlongs, 9 furlong races up to a 10 furlong race but I think that'll see him go really well but a bit of information that we've got uh, well, not information, but statistics that we've got on him is he's had 12 runs at York and eight of them he's been placed inside the top six places and they've all been in big field handicaps. 
Now, the interesting fact is Sky Better paying seven places on the race and is 14 to 1. So he's well worth having an each way bet on the Trinidad in that 405 at York. <laughs> Moving down to the 440 at York. Uh, favourite here, Winter Power, which is normally one that we, we quite like, but she's had two really disappointing runs this season. So we're going to have a. <clears throat> We're going to have a little bet on a, a different one here, and it's called Kachura. It's going to be ridden by J.P. Farhi and trained by Clive Cox. Uh, solid form this year. has been second in a Group 3, got beat three quarters of a length. Fifth in a Group 2, got beat three lengths, and that was behind El Caballo. And then it was third in a listed race, uh, Sandown, behind the one that we backed there, Mitbahi. And... Uh, it was absolutely smashed off the boards in the betting market that day, so I would imagine that there's a little bit more to come from Kitura. So uh, we'll have to have a have a look. And at the moment, it's priced up at 13 to two, with three places on offer with Labrooks. So worth having an each way investment on that one. Okay, fine. Oh no, well, don't you don't uh, need to, do I? Got to be chinned it, ain't it? <laughs> Got to be. <laughs> uh, over to Ascot for the 335 race, and uh, I think if you've looked at the runners, you'll know who we're going to be having a bet on here, and it's going to be our favourite horse, Chindit. Pat Dobbs takes a ride for Richard Hannon. Uh, he won very nicely on his seasonal reappearance when we backed him at Doncaster, and then his next next two races, we've had each way bets on him. He's been running against Bade, and obviously nothing can beat Bade at the moment, or we've not found a horse that can beat Bade. Yeah. And uh, Chindit won five lengths and eight lengths behind him, which it's not not bad form. It's good form if you put Bade in the race, you'd expect him to easily win it by five lengths. Yeah, yeah, quite. Uh, as I say, he's worth having a small bet there. Now, he does prefer good going rather than good to firm. And going up there at uh, Ascot at the moment is predicted to be good to firm to good in places. But, like, having a sand-based home straight at Ascot will certainly suit him because it won't be as firm a going as it, it will be in most places. But he's priced up with William Hills around 5-2. to two. He's won this great event before, and I think he's worth having a little bet on him there. So that's uh, the Ascot 335 chinned it. Okay, mate. Lovely job. And the last one we've got for you for the weekend is over at Chester in the 343 race. Again, it just baffles me why we have these three, yeah, three on the end of the hour. is strange. But the horse that we like in here is Oscula. He's going to be ridden by Nicola Curry and changed by George Boffey. Uh, he's getting a few pounds, well, she's getting a few pounds for a sex allowance and age allowance in this race, and she ran an absolute blinder in the Coral Distaff last week at Sandown. Now, if you remember, there was two horses that smashed up on the inside fence. This was one of them. In the race, uh, Harida was the 8-11 to favourite. Now, a scooter got smashed up badly one furlong out, and she had to come out and do, do a lot of extra running, and she still finished in front of the odds-on favourite. So I think there's a lot more to come from a scooter, and considering she's getting a sex allowance and an age allowance in this race, I think it's well worth having some of the four to one that's on offer at the moment. Two places, four of the odds, worth having an each way bet on a scooter as long as the run's not coming too soon from uh, the run last weekend. So uh, we're going to go with her. So that's what we've got for the weekend, mate, and uh, hopefully we'll have a good few winners there and uh, take it on for next week. Absolutely. Thank you very much indeed, Dave. Well, now it's time to catch up with the Sporting Life's Simon Holt. Good morning, Simon. How are you this morning? 
Very well, thank you. Yes, just um, having a good look at Saturday's meetings and what a busy Saturday it is with uh, top-class cards at Newmarket, York and Ascot and a few other meetings besides. So uh, yeah. it looks really competitive stuff. And, of course, all these Group 1 races and, and you know big meetings all on the same day and then next week I suppose there'll be nothing. Yes, well, there has been a bit of talk about this particular Saturday that it is a little bit overloaded with the good racing and, of course, it fills up the TV schedules as well. You know, it's all, yeah. all quite frenetic. And, um, and of course, also, um, some trainers have difficulty getting the jockeys they would like. Yeah, because yeah. Because you can only ride at one meeting, you know, and uh, so, uh, you know, it's not always ideal in terms of getting the right man on Top, no. woman, of course. But uh, anyway, the the outstanding big race, of course, is the Dali July Cup, which is you know one, one of the top sprint races, not just in this country but in the world. And uh, it looks a, a fascinating race. It features Perfect Power, who won the Commonwealth Cup at Royal Ascot, and I think he could well follow up here. He looks a, a really tremendous horse, particularly in the closing stages of his races, and. Uh, I thought he was quite impressive at Ascot, beating Flaming Rib there. And uh, he's up against the principals in the Platinum Jubilee race. That was won by Naval Crown from Creative Force, a 1-2 for Godolphin. I think Naval Crown benefited from a little bit of a track bias, which seemed to emerge on that final day of Royal Ascot on the stand side. Yeah. Creative Force ran a fantastic race, but he was only fifth in this race, Creative Force, last year. And it just looked as though it was happening a bit quick for him. The, the, the six furlongs at the Newmarket July course is not as stiff as the Ascot six furlongs. In fact, in standard times, there's about two seconds between the two courses, which is a lot. Yes, yeah, indeed it is. So what, what are you putting your hat on then? Well, Perfect Power, he won over the Rowley Mile course at Newmarket last season, which has a similar uh, sort of uh, emphasis on pace as the the uh, track at uh, the July course. And I just think that um, he did extra well at Ascot because he wasn't particularly well drawn on the far wing and he had to give them a little bit of a start. But he's got such a strong finish and he's so well ridden by Christos Sumion and I think he's going to prove the best one. He gets the three-year-old weight for age allowance from the likes of Mabel Crown, Creative Force. And the Australian runner... Artorius, who was third at Royal Ascot, running on strongly at the finish again. I just would wonder whether this uh, faster track is going to really play to his strengths because he does tend to come from some way off the pace. So, uh, yeah, perfect power for me, I think, in the July Cup. And I, I and, presume um, that Artorius, the, the Australian horse, I suppose he would have been over here for quite a while now, having come over for Royal Ascot. Well, he'd had to have... Um, Yes, he'd have probably been... I'm not sure whether, which yard he's been in in, um, in preparation because he was over here with the um, two other Australian horses. Yeah. Um, of course, Nature Strip was a brilliant one of the King's Stand at Royal Ascot. Yeah. And he ran very well, and he was perhaps the, the most unsung of the three Australian visitors to Royal Ascot. And he came through very strongly at the finish. But as I say, he, he is a horse that has a reputation for finishing off well and it's a question really whether he's going to be quick enough to get there in time yeah, on this. Yeah. Uh, with the ground likely to ride pretty fast I would have thought but he's obviously a good horse and, and um, 
he may even improve, of course, for that yeah. young athlete. No, I was just thinking from the point of view of, of the travelling and all the rest of it, he will be here and settled now, presumably, so it's not like, uh, you know, it's, it's a change to his environment. He would have got used to his environment over the last few weeks now. I think that's a good point as well. Yeah. An extra two or three weeks here, he may have settled in even better. Yeah. You know, he may have come on for that run at Royal Ascot. So, yeah, yeah I certainly think he's a threat. Well, this rate, I'm going to convince you to back him now, then. <laughs> well, yeah, nearly. I mean, Choisier did it for Australia. Yeah, yeah. All those years ago. And, um, um, or did he, actually? I'm trying to think. No, I think Oasis Dream beat him, didn't he, in the, in the July Cup? Uh, I, I so bow to your superior knowledge there, Simon. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure it is superior knowledge. But um, Choisier got the double up at, at uh, Ascot. And I think Oasis Dream beat him in the um, July Cup when he was going for the treble. But uh, anyway, he was a terrific Australian sprinter. And of course, we saw Black Caviar at Ascot as well, though she didn't go on to the July Cup, which is fantastic. So it is, it is a, a great country for sprinters uh, as opposed to Australia. Australia. They really do have some very smart, fast horses. Uh, anything else stand out to you uh, over the, uh, the Saturday? We've got some really competitive handicaps. The Bunbury Cup at um, Newmarket looks wide open. There's a well-handicapped horse of John Gosden's called Sam Buru, who was sixth in the Jersey States at Royal Ascot, and he's set to go up eight pounds in future handicaps, so he's really well-handicapped. And we've got the John Smith Cup at York, which is extremely tough. There's 22 runners. I think Rogue Bear might have a chance down towards the bottom of the weights. It's been given a break after three good runs in the spring and was second on the course on his last visit. But, uh, wow, it looks wide open and uh, I'm struggling for many um, really confident selections. Yeah. Um, I think uh, there's a two-year-old race at Newmarket, the Superlative Stakes. There's only five runners. But there's a horse in there called Isaac Shelby, named after, I guess, the character in the Peaky Blinders series. Yeah. And he was a really impressive winner, first time out at Newbury. Uh, didn't beat a lot. Uh, it was slightly softer ground, but he's a good action horse, and he's well regarded. And uh, I'm just really fascinated to see how he goes up into a group two from a maiden. Big jump. But I'm not convinced that his rivals have achieved a lot more. And I'll be very interested in him, Isaac Shelby, tomorrow as well. Now, I've got to ask you, the the um, sabbatical seems to have come to a rather rapid end. <laughs> well, I think um, I think you can sum it up by he was just being given a little bit of a kick up the backside, hasn't he? Yeah, seems that way, by, doesn't um, it? Yeah. By John Gosden. And, um, you know, I like <laughs> some of the language. is so... Um, I don't know how you describe it, sardonic, or he said, you know, just we're just looking for a little bit less part time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reference to reference to our hero. <laughs> so, yeah. um, anyway, he's back, and uh, he, I think, to be honest, I think we discussed this last week, didn't know that he just had a run of bad rides, which any jockey can have. Yeah, so, yeah. That didn't get the best of luck, and uh, I'm sure. I don't think he's deteriorated no. at all, really. On other occasions, he still looks a fantastic jockey. And, no. um, he's just been um, been given a little bit of a reminder 
of his responsibilities, I think, you know, to be yeah. a little bit more involved perhaps in the in the stable at Newmarket, maybe turn up a little bit more often yeah. and yeah. Uh, take just a few more rides. So, yes, I, I think we'll still see plenty from Frankie in the future. I look forward to seeing him riding over the next few days and... Uh, Look forward to speaking to you again next week, AD Pat. Yeah, lovely job, Simon. I think I can safely say we'll see Frankie in midair coming off a horse fairly rapidly, I reckon. So, uh, <laughs> so thanks for that, Simon, and we'll catch up with you again soon. OK, AD, thank you. Thank you, bye-bye. Well, that was Simon Holt from The Sporting Life, and now coming up, bring up the rear, as he usually does, it's the cheeky chappy himself, it's Colin Brown. Well, good morning, Colin. Beautiful, bright morning, and tomorrow, wow, loads of racing, isn't it? Well, yeah, there is racing up and down the country there. I mean, there's too much, isn't there, really? It's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But we have got some very good races, and we've got some couple of big races at Newmarket, of course, the Superlative Stakes Group 2 race, where I think Victory Dance will take a lot of beating. Although... One of Brian Meehan's, a horse called Isaac Shelby, I think, will also run a big race. And it runs, of course, in those famous colours. Manson Therabes used to be the colours of Robert Sankster. But I think Victory does 700 grand it costs. I think that's the one that they probably all got to beat. But you've got the Bun Bunbury Cup there. You've also got the Darley July Cup. What a race that is. Have you had a look through it? I have, yeah. Difficult to pick a winner, though, isn't it? Oh, I tell you what. I mean, the betting, you know, they go about four to one the field. And it is very, very, very difficult. Yeah. But I think the horse that could just take the beating here is a horse called Artorius. Um, and Jamie Spencer, he hasn't got on too many big winners for a long time. But this could be the one for him, I think, Artorius. And the other horse in the race, I think, his flaming rib when he dropped back in trip the other day to six furlongs that's at Royal Ascot for the Commonwealth Cup he fairly skated up and he's a horse they tried to get a mile with but he didn't stay so I think the front two are the two to be on in uh, in, in the um, Darley uh, July Cup so yeah that's, that's that's the big ones for Saturday yeah absolutely and uh, I presume you've got a raft of winners lined up for us in your tipping section Oh, absolute rafter winners. So, should we crack away? I think we may as well stay um, at Newmarket. Yeah. And William Haggis. William Haggis runs a lovely horse owned by Her Majesty the Queen, um, by Galileo. It's well-related half-brother uh, to, uh, should I say, half-sister. Some very good horses. Um, the Jam won the Nail Gwynn Stakes, and this one's a half to a horse called Jutum. Um, so, sure, I think it'll win. It's called Blue Missile, and it runs in the first race at Newmarket at the one thirty. Okay, Blue Missile it is. Blue Missile it is. I mean, there is some very good, strong racing there. Charlie Appleby Stable, they've got a big hand in the uh, Bet365 mile at 4.40. Uh, I think New Kingdom and a horse uh, called Bay of Honour, uh, his two runners. I think Bay of Honour would just be the favourable one out of the two. He's won his last two and looks to be going places. For the 3.15 there, we've, of course, we've mentioned 
victory dance and Isaac Shelby for the positive states. But the Bunbury Cup, again, looks very wild, wide open and some very nice horses uh, taking part there. Um, John Gosling runs one that's only got eight stone five and that won a couple of races and then was beaten at Royal Ascot called Sam Brew. I don't think that'll be too far away, number 17 in the 350. And the other horse that I quite like there is a horse trained by Haggis again. Um, and that was fifth in Ascot, only just beaten by Inver Park uh, in the Buckingham Palace States. It's called Montesib. Uh, stayed on well towards the finish. Didn't get the best of runs. I don't think that'd be too far away. Montesib. Okay. Ooh, we've, we, we've mentioned the two Artorias. And, of course, perfect power for the July Cup. So I think we're going to pop across to Ascot now. And that's um, where I'll be on Saturday. And we've got some brilliant racing at Ascot, um, including a couple of listed races. There were group two races only listed. Uh, but it looks pretty hot racing here at Ascot for Saturday. Um, we're going to get the first race a bit of a body swerve so handicap and it looks pretty impossible but um as we look towards the second race on the card the 225 we've got a horse called dancing harry that came right last time out at salisbury he's a pretty decent horse that's trained by roger teal and roger teal couldn't train a winner a couple of weeks ago everything he ran ran okay but was getting beaten i think dancing harry will take a bit of beating in the 225 there in Alaska. So okay. that's what we that's what we're hoping in here. That's what we're hoping. There's a big handicap, the heritage handicap um run in Alaska. Um oh gosh, that is could be anybody's race. But there's a couple of horses that I think could run okay. One of them's called Nomadic Empire from O'Meara's Yard, but the other one is a horse trained by Ed Walker. It was second to T Spirit at Epsom um a few weeks ago. And I don't think it'll be far away today. Mountain Peak, uh, good second in the dash. He's a pretty classy horse. Um, he, he, he's a horse that wants a really good gallop. And he'll be getting that at Ascot um, on Saturday. So that's the one I quite like there. You've missed one um, in this race, Colin. Oh, go on. One of yours, is it? Yeah. What's it called? It's called Get Ahead, and it's trained by Clive Cox and ridden by Liam Keary. Liam Keary? Okay. Yeah. What's it called? Get Ahead, number 19. Okay, all right. Yeah, got it. Okay. Oh, it's a three-year-old chestnut filly. She'll have to be good to win this, but... Um, yeah, I see she's been running pretty well. I haven't been beaten very far in most of the races, has she? No, she's exactly. a winner at Ascot. She's a winner at Ascot as well. And Clive Cox uh, also trades Billy Melia for us, and that came second, very, very close second at Kempton uh, earlier in the week. I think it was Wednesday. So uh, his horses are running for us anyway quite well, so we're, we're confident. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hope you go and win. That would be fantastic. Yeah, it would help. Now, the... The Fred Cowley um, Summer Mile, the Group 2 race at 3.35, looks a race that could go to a horse that's around about 10 to 1. And it's a horse called Perotto, trained by Marcus Plogoning. His horse is 
haven't been quite right for a few, you know, a few weeks in the season. That happens, but he's come right now and they've been running very well. He was a good third to um, he was a, a, a good third at Goodwood last year. Then he won at Goodwood and he won the Britannia Stakes at Royal Ascot. So you know he is stepping up a bit here, but he's probably got chinned at the favourite to beat and maybe my Oberon. But I think he'll take a fair bit of beating at quite a big price, around about ten to one. Right, yeah. Now, this is interesting. We've got a three-horse race here, and all the horses are owned by Godolphin. <laughs> uh, two of them, should I say, are owned by Godolphin. Yeah. One of them is, uh, well, here we are, one owned by Shanwell. So, I think the betting is uh, into eight is for Warren, point six to four. Wild Crusade, five to two. And the five to two shot is ridden by... Um, Holly Dorr and you know it just could go and win so often they say back the outsider of three so that's what I'm going to go and do here outsider of three Holly Dorr rides the other horse I fancy uh, in the next race which is a Phillies handicap of 4.45 is also ridden by Holly Dorr and it's called Don't Tell Claire it likes the track it's a winner there last season and it ran so well at the Royal Meeting in the Kensington Palace that it uh, wasn't beaten very far. And you have to say the horse that um, is the main danger to it. It's called Random Harvest, trained by Ed Walker, Lady Buckford, and, and it's uh, ridden by Safi Osborne. So I think the girls will take the beating in the 4.45. Now, are you going to Salisbury is the question. You uh, love Salisbury, don't you? I do. It's uh, you know, well, Bath and Salisbury are closest track. So, uh, uh, but no cricket tomorrow, I'm afraid. So uh, I shan't be going to Salisbury. But uh, you've got oh, you've got some runners there, have you? Well, we've got a couple that are quite interesting. There, are you are you playing cricket tomorrow? Are you bowling or batting? No, I should be uh, assisting in the club's turnover. Oh, will you? Yeah, just topping your glass up plenty. I see. Okay. Uh, yes, yes. Well, and with the weather like this, it's going to be glorious. Oh, it is just absolutely fabulous, isn't it? Right, I've got one for you in the um, Hendy Group Handicap, the 745 at Salisbury, and it's called Gilbert. I used to have an uncle called Gilbert, they lived near Salisbury. Yeah. So it's called Gilbert. It's one that's last two. I've been following it, and I don't think anything will beat it. It's called Gilbert at Salisbury, uh, and it runs in the quarter to eight race there. And I think that is the one that will take all the beating. Reminds me of Gilbert Harding. Do you remember him on the radio? Uh, only just. Yeah. It's a long time ago, I know. <laughs> That's a lot, I'm afraid, listeners. But if some of those win, we've got a few quite big-priced horses, as well, you'll notice. Yeah. And you uh, have a look at them later on. Okay, Colin, that's brilliant, mate. Thank you very much for that. Uh, I hope you have a good day at uh, Ascot. Oh, is it Ascot or Newmarket you're going to? Ascot. Good Yeah, okay. Well, you have a, a good day. Pop it in and out of all those hospitality boxes. I know you'll be doing a good job there. I certainly will. I'll try and dip them up a few winners and keep the hat on because the sun's strong. Yeah. Okay, Colin. Well, thank you for that. We'll speak Thanks. to you next week, mate. Yeah. Let's hope Mary keeps her hat on. We haven't given her a mention. She'll be she'll be on the phone to me. Are you okay? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
Well, I'm sure she's okay because she would have let you know otherwise. Absolutely. She must stay in the shade. That's what I'd say. Just stay in the shade. Yeah, yeah. All right, then, Colin. Take care. Nice to see you. God bless you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was our Colin, Colin Brown, on his way to Ascot. Sorry, the signal was slightly down on what we normally have, but uh, the wonders of modern science, even when he's on the move, we can speak to Colin, which is great. A huge racing day tomorrow. I hope you all enjoy it. And obviously, more than anything else, hope you've got a few winners. So enjoy the sunshine. Don't have too much sun though. And as he said, keep your hat on. And we'll be speaking to you again next week or here on the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. So until then, thank you for joining us and goodbye.